Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to a very special baseball night podcast. I'm your it host, feels Tom like, Brown. Uh, it feels like it should be in a right now. Oh, God. No, I want to jump right in. There's too much I'm, to talk about. I'm your host, Tom Brown, joined as always by the inter- interrupting cow, my brother, Jack. And Jack, the Red Sox fired Haim Bloom. He is no longer the base, the president of baseball operations. Um, so just give me your immediate thoughts because I have some things jotted down, and we're going to kind of go through some moves that he has made since he was hired. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, I've I've had a day to digest this news. I wanted I I well, I was interrupting the intro because I wanted an emergency podcast, and I said we should record. You had some dependent issues to take care of. Um, I've had a day to digest this news now. Seen a lot of reactions, both good and bad. Uh, Good takes, bad takes, awful takes. um, And here come a a bunch of those. Uh, I think the Red Sox did the right move by moving on from Bloom. While he was... Uh, touted as the answer to all of our problems at the time, uh, getting under the luxury tax and rebuilding the farm system, both things that you can say, sure. Um, My view of the Boston Red Sox and your view of the Boston Red Sox is they should be competing for at least the AL East every single season. The team that Haim Bloom put on the field to play at Fenway Park, not at Polar Park, not what ever the stadium is called in Portland um, is bad and has been bad three out of the four years. He was the president of baseball operations because they're going to finish in last place, possibly for the third out of four years. Even if they don't, they're a bad team. I've given you my thoughts on why I think their record is the way it is. The AL East is better than everybody else. They don't have to play the AL East as much as they had to last year. Yeah. Um, Again, they, I, they're not a good enough major league baseball team to call his tenure here a success. Are they better off for the future? Time will tell. Will that rebuilt farm system bring you a top end front line starter that is controllable, relatively young? Most likely. And I mean, that is going to be a move that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Apparently, High and Bloom was afraid to make. There's other factors that go into this too. I think a big factor and maybe the thing that finally pushed them over the edge was his inability to get anything done at a trade deadline in all four seasons that high and bloom was the chief baseball opera or excuse me, PBO. What is it? Whatever it's called. President of baseball operations. operations, Yeah. Um, He had a losing record in August, the month directly after the trade deadline. And this was, must've been the straw that broke the camel's back for ownership. The straw that broke the camel's back for ownership was an empty series, an empty Fenway Park against the Yankees in September. That's what they care about. We know it. They're so the thing is, is Dave Dombrowski puts together a team that fucking rips through the league in 2018, wins the World Series, wins a 119 games that year. Never forget. And then the next year he had he was relieved of his duties as i was just violently thrown up on 
relieved of his duties <laughs> from for a what what they say a difference in philosophy and you know what that difference in philosophy was he just oh he now he overreacted sure he overreacted and paid chris sale and nate Abaldi. i still nate Abaldi had steve some good pierce and, yeah steve pierce only played one more year though he didn't give him yeah, 30 million dollars true but um the the thing is, is like the difference difference in philosophy was like, no, we don't want to pay this money. You paid the wrong guys too. You could have you could have done a much cheaper than he got, but long term deal for Mookie right then. Say, okay, he just won the MVP. We're going to extend him. They get rid of him. Maybe they hire High and Bloom, or Ray's guy. I'm going to put together a cheap team that can contend with with veterans that know how to play. And later on, Jack, I'm going to, I have a list of every veteran he signed and just wait, but good for the grid. Good for the grid. The first thing he did. I mean, we have to just dive into it. His, his legacy, his something. If he ever wants another GM president of baseball operations job is he traded Mookie Betts. And he traded Mookie Betts for Alex Verdugo, a fine outfielder who might not be here next year. Connor Wong, uh, just a a catcher that you're just is there. Let's be honest, he's just there. He's not anything too too special. And Jeter Downs, the big prospect steal of the draft, has been released. Of the trade, yeah. Um, that was supposed to. That was the top. That was like the get was Jeter Downs was the get. He was DFA'd early this year. Um I uh I agree with you. Well, obviously I agree with you. Um we've talked about it since day one of this podcast. He will be remembered for one thing and one thing only. He is the person who traded Mookie Pets. End of story. Um he his signings that he did make uh i mean i i can't really think of a i, I mean trevor story is going to be the shortstop uh for and i know you said he had a list of, of people to get into and maybe we should do that now but for right now i mean i i think the red sox made the right move what they did is classic red sox on his way out of just absolutely burying him out the door without giving him a chance to respond um and that is Fenway Sports Group 2AT. That is what they do. Uh but I I don't I don't think it was a bad move. I don't think it was the wrong move. Um I'm surprised it came in season. But again, I'm not going to I'm not just because of the way they treated him on the way out which was absolutely horseshit. I'm not going to sit here and say like that makes it a bad move. Because it doesn't. I don't think he should have been the GM going into this offseason or the president of baseball operations going into this offseason because they need to improve drastically. Well, it, yeah. So the thing, especially about this ownership group, you were you said you were surprised it was done in the season. Dombrowski and Sherrington were both fired during games. In the middle of a game, oh, wow. they like announced, oh, by the way, Dave Dombrowski has been fired and Ben Sherrington's been fired. So I actually am fine with it because when the giant, when the, not the giants, when the white Sox did this, when they got rid of their GM recently, 
I was listening to the the three O show on the Athletic Baseball like show network, whatever they call it, and they brought up a point like we're the White Sox said we're going to finish this quickly, and they were like, why? Why not wait till the end of the season when everyone's contract in front offices is up, and then everyone's available to talk to? So the Red Sox doing this now makes yeah. sense because they'll be able to talk in the off season to anyone um, that becomes available. I think we all kind of think that they're leaning Cora. That seems like to be what the real rumor is out of here. But before we get into the future, let's continue with his moves. I want to, I have them written down kind of chronologically. Um, After a disappointing point. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to say anything for this uh, as I'm saying it and interrupting you right now. Just, um, well, just hit me with it. I, I just, just want to tell you to the whole and list. then we'll yeah. talk about it. So next up trades, Andrew Benintendi, who had a very, very bad 2020. I did what this was. Uh, I'm not upset to see him go deal, but Mr. Talent evaluator gets back. Franchi Cordero and four prospects. Franchi Cordero released four prospects. Only Josh Winkowski, a middle reliever who's meh to not good has made the majors. Benintendi went on to win a gold glove and just be a really solid left fielder. Yeah, he does play on a very bad team. He does, but when he was on the Royals, he was he was a good he was an all-star. I mean, they they yeah. sucked, but he was he was good. Like it's kind of like what I say about Duval now. If they had a team around Duval, we'd love Duval. It's like that's a guy. That's a guy yeah. that it's like Ben Intendi when in 2018 it was like, hey, he catches the ball. That's something they don't do. And every now and then he'll hit a home run, he'll run into a home run, and he can get on base. But I didn't World Series I, champion here. Yeah. Huge, huge catch against the Astros. Um some he, some might say the big I we're talking about him. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's fine to talk about him once I say oh, him. Okay. okay. Um <laughs> only made one attempt to extend Bogarts. Yeah. That's a that's a fact. That's kind of silly. Um, Can I uh, go ahead with Bogarts? I mean, are, are you going to say again that we lost him last offseason? Or in reality, I think the biggest fumble with Bogarts is signing story, knowing you're going to move away from Bogarts, telling everybody you're not going to move away from Bogarts. Why not trade him? If if you're gonna if you're gonna be this prospect whore, then Go get them, get the prospects, because Bogarts with one year a one year rental of him for a contender, oh, you could have got so much. Absolutely. But he also, as I'm as we're laying out here, was an Italian evaluator, which he was sold himself as. Because wasn't a very good one. Right, Franchi Cordero, Jeter Downs, like. They sent back Bruce Star Gratterall because true, they didn't they did. like his physical. All right. And then the one that's like under the radar, but kind of like, again, you're just kind of messing with a, a good thing. Traded Hunter Renfro after 31 homers and 96 RBI, and he slugged 501 for Jackie Bradley Jr., who then hit 210, three home runs, and was released that year. You traded him in the offseason and for him in the offseason, they released him that year. Did you say hit 310? No, he did not. 
no, two ten with three home runs. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, interesting move there. Uh, Hunter Renfro, also a very good outfielder. Yes, and they can't catch the ball now. Yeah. I mean, not not much there. I, that was a. I mean, Hunter Renfro is one of those guys who bounces around, high strikeout um, power guys. But again, he caught, he caught the ball. He did slug a, a ton in Fenway, and he was right-handed power, which they don't have right now. Exactly. All right. And now the, now everyone's counter-argument, not everyone's, but a counter-argument that people could make about 2021, a team that he added some pieces to and traded for Kyle Schwarber and crazy he traded for something they needed at the trade deadline they advanced to the alcs but here's the damning thing about that jack okay and i tell you who from the 2021 alcs boston red sox roster is still on the team rafael devers Mm -hmm. alex verdugo chris sale bobby dahlbeck who's in triple a nick pavetta garrett whitlock tanner hauck end of list yeah, that was two years ago. Of, you were in the ALCS, which is a lot of his defenders uh, will say, oh, he got them to the AL- ALCS, but he didn't keep that core group of guys together. Right. Um, I mean, granted, a lot of it. If Kike Hernandez was on that list, I'd say that was one of his cons. Um, but like, I think that team overachieved. Granted, they added the right piece in Schwarber, who got very hot and carried them through September. Um but they also I, tried I, to play him at a position he's never played. They tried to play him at first, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is just like high and bloom, not just like what we've talked about. It's like fucking this defense stuff matters. Oh, yeah, big time. It's not you can't just throw anybody out there with a glove. That's and put them the somewhere. Old, like that's the money ball philosophy. Just um and then Finally, the last thing I wanted to just kind of talk about with him and his signings are I can now go through the list of signing veterans he signed in the off seasons before 21, 22 and 23. And I'm going to accompany their age. Kike Hernandez, 29 years old. Garrett Richards, 33 years old. Hunter Renfro, 29. Marwin Gonzalez, 32. Danny Santana, 30. Jose Iglesias, 31. Trevor Story, 29. James Paxton, 33. Jake Diekman, 35. Michael Walker, 30. Rich Hill, 42. Matt Strom, 30. Kenley Jansen, 35. Justin Turner, 38. Chris Martin, 37. Corey Kluber, 37. Adam Duvall, 34. Jolie Rodriguez, 31. And the youngest veteran, youngest free agent signing that he made, Yu Chang, 26. Um, so I, I get, I get that, uh, a lot of that is with, I mean, free agents, th- that's just like how contracts are structured in the MLB. You're not hitting the free agent market until you're in like your late twenties. Um, but going back to what you said about being a talent evaluator, um, those ta- those guys like Marwin Gonzalez played on a championship team. But he is like he's like an Adam Duvall. He's like a piece. You're if you're trying to build a team, you're building it out of these additional pieces that can help out in certain spots and situations. Building a team that is um, 
concentrated around being flexible and versatile is not how you win championships. You build a team in positions and then you put those flexible, flexible, versatile utility players on the bench to give your stars and your defined fielders a spell. At least that's how 170 years of baseball has worked so far. And I'll say it again. The most flexible can do anything, play any position, and be successful player you traded as your first move because Mookie Betts plays second, short, and right field all the time for the Dodgers. He has played, yeah, he's played all three of those positions this year. Um, again, yeah, that so the age thing, obviously Turner ticks that whole thing up. Uh, but again, he's probably been the most productive out of those signings. But so I would um, say Jansen, but he's been dinged up in the second half. But he also signed forty-two-year-old yeah. Rich Hill, who, who, who was. That's true, but I guess the point is like Marwin Gonzalez, Jose Iglesias, Dan, Danny Santana. They weren't good. Corey Kluber. They didn't have good years before you signed them, and you were like, "Yeah, we'll get them. We'll get them. I'll be cheap." That's yeah, what's annoying. A lot of those, a lot of those veteran signings, and that's another bloom ball kind of philosophy is that. You sign these uh, low-risk, high-reward guys in their mind. Like Adam Duvall, you thought he was a low-risk signing, but he's the hottest player on earth, and then he breaks his wrist and misses a month and a half, uh, probably more, actually. And, you know, that that instantly becomes, oh, well, he had a bad wrist. That was the same wrist he had hurt last year and kept him out of 70-plus games. And then those low-risk signings, because of – their how many seasons they've played or or where they're at in their career. I don't want to say age because Justin Turner is just one year older than me, so I don't want to say he's old. But um Yikes. and then but their age when they're playing, like obviously they become high risk guys and they're even more high risk guys because of what you just pointed out, their lack of production going into the year they were signed. When people are on prove it deals, they actually have to prove it before they get signed and like what has Corey Kluber done to be like, oh, maybe he'll just be that 2012 Cy Young winner again or 2015, whatever it was. That game's coming up later. Oh, we might not have time for that today because of this news um, and other obligations as in employment. Um, so my, so TK, he was the, he is the first on the list and he actually was the first one that showed up when I was looking I think that in a nutshell describes the biggest issue is like they signed Kike Hernandez and I saw that and I was like, huh, just want to wear a, a shortened season World Series with the Dodgers. Every time, every time. And he, great. He's a utility for them. Come off the bench, right hand, play center, play second. Great. Nope. Here's your leadoff guy. Here's your center fielder. Your center fielder, yeah. Um, in the season before he came to Boston, Kike Hernandez hit 230 with an on base percentage of 270, five homers and 20 at bats. Oh, shit, never mind, five homer and 20 bats. Never mind, that is the, the COVID year, so he only played in 48 games. Um, so that's why those, those production numbers yeah. were down, but yeah. I mean, even still, the year after he was signed in Boston. He hit 222 with six homers and 45 RBIs and on base of 291. Uh, you know, it's just 
that goes back to again talent evaluation and who's telling you that this guy is a good fit for your organization because you think he can play five different positions. Here's the thing with Kike Hernandez. He couldn't play any of them. Yeah, he can't play shortstop for sure. You know? No. That was that well, started then, the whole that started the whole ball rolling where this season was a train wreck. Yeah. It and it um I mean granted he did move him, but man, he made he made some money here in Boston for sure. Okay, um, so now we have to before we get to what we want to see, we have to talk about the gigantic bike riding, pinky braking, coming off oh, a million injuries elephant in the room. Now that ownership owns a TV station and a newspaper that covered the Red Sox. Yeah. Rumors are abound that last year after Chris Sale's bike bicycle accident, High and Bloom had a chance to move him to an interested team that would take on all the money, the remaining Ooh. $55 million. Ooh. And he said no. Now, wow, here's, you, and I, go ahead. Just to, just to interject the importance of that, while he was on the IL, yes, the chances of any team taking that are so very small to take an injury-riddled player who is currently on the IL with that salary, that might that offer may never happen again in the history of Major League Baseball for any player. No, that's it's atrocious that they didn't take that. And although we totally think it's ownership smear campaign, I mean, they I'll never forget they smeared Terry Francona about relying on painkillers, issues with like. Which is also fucked up. Issues with depression because something happened with his son, I think. I Maybe I'm getting that wrong. And if I am, I'm sorry. But I remember it was really weird. And it was like, that guy won two World Series. That guy is loved by everyone that plays and coaches and covers him. So this is definitely part of their smear campaign. But in a nutshell, if you, as a president of baseball operations trade Mookie Betts and have a chance to move off $55 million of a pitcher who isn't worth that money and your job is to get them under the luxury tax that uh, that's it that that's fireable and he got fired sure. but that's it yeah so that was the 2022 season that was last year Chris it's... Sale last year Pitched 5.2 innings with a 4.76 ERA. Or excuse me, that's not his ERA. Uh, his ERA was worse. Um, well, five innings, it's kind of, it's hard to even quantify. Like, that's true. It could actually be pretty good if you let up like two runs in four innings. Yeah, it, it was better. It was 3.8, 3.18. But five innings, not very valuable. Um, the year before that, 2021, 42 innings. And I mean, that Tommy is John surgery, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, this year, he's pitching 17 games to a yeah, very, very. IL, what, two or three times? Two times, 488 ERA, 86 innings pitched. Um, and very David Price of him. He got pushed from pitching against the Yankees, except now he's going to pitch against Toronto, which is 
silly. It doesn't matter. But no, but very David Pricey to now he won't get booed at home. <laughs> like, honestly, uh, that's what I think they do sometimes. Yeah, I, I oh, absolutely. I, I, I definitely wouldn't doubt that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is the, the fireable offense. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't think that was it. I think, like you said, it's probably more how come nobody came to this Red Sox Yankees series? Um, which I mean, both teams are liable for that. There's no, they, I mean, two I mean they, they both suck. Um, so, and again, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad they've moved on from him. I I truly am happy that that he is no longer the president of baseball operations here. Um, but just to just to go back and 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 again just signify how crazy this deal is. Chris Sale is 33 years old. A team willing to take any pitcher at that age is taking a risk. Especially one coming off Tommy John surgery, serving an IL stint. I imagine, the, well, from what I've heard, and this was Rob Bradford who reported it, from what I've heard, the, the Red Sox wanted better players back. Which you, is... That's Italian, a, a lack of talent evaluation if you think you can get more for Chris Sale. That's just what that is. Exactly right. It's a failure on every level. It made financial sense. You didn't take advantage of it. You didn't evaluate the talent you had in Chris Sale and how many innings he could give you. That is a talent evaluated say. And then again, it moves you away from a inherited contract that was a year too early and possibly, uh, well, not possibly, way, way overvalued. And it, it takes, it moves Chris Sale out and it gives you that breath of fresh air that hey 57.5 million dollars is coming off our books in the next two years where we're now way under the luxury tax and you could go get another starter for half of that price two is probably giving you more innings i haven't done any research on this because i didn't see the rundown before we started but i know there's probably a handful of pitchers who have pitched more innings this year and made less than chris sale probably more than a handful i was just gonna say probably more than a handful it, and it, it, that's it. I mean that that in a nutshell. I think I've said that like three times now. But the guy loves nuts. That just explains like you have a lack of direction and ability to to evaluate talent if you can't just say, okay, we got to get this. Yes, we have to get this off the books. This is a burden off our shoulders. This is. Then everyone comes in after the fact and they're like, this is, do you know the praise he would have gotten? This is mm-hmm. a good move by him. It frees up space. It gets, it allows them it's... to call up younger pitchers. It was just do it. And then if Chris Sale comes out and have has this year for another team, Hyam Bloom exactly. probably still has his job right now. And yeah, probably gets like a two-year extension. Yeah. Oh, and 100%. honestly, we would be like, you know what? He took Kike and Chris Sale off the books. They have the top, a top five or whatever it is farm system. It's like he, they finished in last place, whatever. Now you, now you have the money to inflexibility to go sign someone. Well, the other what if too is like, who do you get now that you have 57 and a half million dollars to spend? 
or not that much because you want to be under the luxury tax, but who do you go get to be in your rotation? And maybe this team that's only seven and a half games out of the wild card, I am not saying they have a shot right now. Maybe that's a better team that you build on and you have starters who can go more than four and a half innings. Well, I saw an article talking about how uh, when they have a pitcher that goes five innings, Jack, when they have a starting pitcher go five innings, they have a 600 win percentage. Yeah, I, but I the problem is only Sp- 91 times or 92 now because uh, Hulk did it yesterday. 92 times they've done that this year, which is the lowest in the majors. You yeah. know what you get with that $30 million you freed up this year? You can get two $15 million good pitchers. Yeah, innings eaters. Guys who can go out and give you three runs, but also pitch six to seven innings. I mean, friggin' Verlander and Scherzer get you 30, what, costs like 39, 40 million a year. So just take a step down from two of the best pitchers to ever pitch. Yeah. And that's what you can afford to for your top, the top of your rotation. Yeah, it's, it's, if that had been, if that like, had been reported on, when it was, because now we're seeing some some more guys who have found that story but didn't break it, which is crazy to be a journalist and hear that and not break it. But um, what ownership would exactly right, exactly right. Give it would take away their access, which is bullshit. But so you you hear that, and if it was reported on at the time and they moved away, he would have been out last year. It would have yes. been a totally different person in charge of the 100%. team this year. Oh, 100%. I don't know why they protected him. He must have said, like, give me one more year. Because ownership doesn't know how to evaluate talent and trusted him. I mean, again, they threw him under the bus on the way out. He didn't do a good job, but they threw him under the bus on the way out. But they believed him every step of the way. They wanted to believe that Chris Sale was going to be the ace of that team again. And... Uh, I again the year before that uh, uh let me see 21 42 innings pitched nine and nine or no I'm sorry that was games and game started uh I don't see a win loss here there it is well actually he was five and one when he did it but again there's that just goes to show that his arm couldn't hold up 42 yeah. innings it's just telling and then you have a chance to move off of him in a five inning season. And now Five he's minutes. throwing 88 miles an hour. That's why they pushed him back because his velocity dropped to 88 on his fastball. All right. We've, it's... we've, we've talked about that stuff too much. And that move is just encapsulates everything. Encapsulates. What did I say? Encapsulates. Oh, sorry. I have a kid screaming at me. <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor right now for all the listeners rocking this child. So what do you want to see? I guess we don't, they did it, uh, what, two weeks too late to get in the David Stearns uh, sweepstakes because the Mets yeah. signed him, but. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know yet. I'm not going to lie and pretend that I know all of these things about front office people around the league. I just right. don't. Um, I guess what, hear, what do you want if you to hear see somebody talking philosophy, about I was, philosophy yeah, to you, be? That's a better question. Um. I would say that I want not necessarily a let's build a major leaguer um, and completely cut off of our farm system. 
Um, and I think Dombrowski went a little far down that road because he knew he had this big pile of money at his back that he could buy free agents when he had to. Honestly, luckily, with Dombrowski coming in, Mookie had been up and established as a rookie because who knows? Yeah. He And they didn't touch Devers. Right. So, so. they recently, the, and I mean, anyways, uh, I would like them to really, really prioritize the front of their rotation. Yes. And I mean, a, a star as the starting pitcher here. I'd like them to not be afraid to spend money. Again, I don't think they should cannibalize their own farm system too much, but if you have to, and if you have to trade these one through five top prospects in your organization to go out and get you a top of the line, absolute stud stopper pitcher, do it. One hundred. That's one hundred percent it. Because we rip on Bloom, and it's true, but the team can score. They can score. Mm -hmm. Um. Although that's a little streaky, but like I mentioned sure. before, when they have a when they have pitchers go five innings instead of this opener nonsense and just guys that can't, they they do well with a five inning yeah. pitcher. So if you get the, if you prioritize the front of your rotation, which is actually putting just a veteran good star in front of Bayo, make Bayo mm -hmm. your number two and have him continue to grow. Yeah, it's just. It's that's it. That's it. And I think both of us like the idea of someone coming in and si I said this, I think you said this last week on the podcast. I said it in our group chat, sign a second baseman that plays second base. Yeah. Not a second baseman. That's actually an outfielder, but he played there in double a for two games because three guys got hurt in the middle of the game. Sign a second baseman. Yeah. Well, and then they have a lot of young talent to move too, who are all who are already playing in the major leagues, who we didn't even get a chance to talk about because the the Bloom news is so big. But like recently, you've seen Rafaela and Willier Abreu come up and have just these great September plate appearances and at bats. Um, so you have major league ready talent that you can move around too. There are pieces here to build a really really good team. And I'd like to see somebody who isn't afraid to make a move, who isn't afraid to take somebody like a Chris Sale. And I don't think Chris Sale's coming back next year. Uh, and if he is, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a similar situation is can you dump that salary in the offseason? And at this year, you probably can't because he's had one more year of injuries and poor performance. Um, but, and move away from these short-term signees. Like you said at the trade deadline, a guy like Michael Lorenzen, would have been the perfect fit for the Red Sox. Sign some three, four, five guys who are going to get just five to six innings every time they take them out. That man threw a no hitter in his second start with the Phillies. Mm. Like, the Phillies are just, they are a fun baseball club to watch. Um, So my Dave Dombrowski's Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, he is. Enough. He put that team together. <laughs> um, My kind of idea for the offseason because of what Rafaela has done so far. Thank you, Jaron Duran, for putting up good numbers and having speed and showing that you're a good player and it could lead off a team. Who is a good pitcher on a team that would like Jared Duran? Jaron Duran. 
Yeah, no, there's, I, I think there are too many lefty outfielders on the team. Well, I was going to say, I think there are two to maybe three guys who are absolutely untouchable and that's through the entire organization. Devers, Mayer, and Rafaela? No, and Devers, Bayo, and Casas. Oh, Devers, Bayo, and Casas. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, because if you, you need to move like, Marcelo Mayer and you're getting a Zach Gallen or um, well, yeah. somebody like that, you 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 have to do it. Yeah, if that if that is on there on the table, but honestly, Marcelo Mayer might be on in the major leagues for the Red Sox next year. Cool. I hope he's good, but right now, no, he hasn't I know a professional at bat. He hasn't even taken a triple A at bat. Bobby Dalbeck has though. Oh, has he ever? He should immediately be moved. Can they? What could? What about this? Could they package Sale, Dalbeck, and Verdugo, and get Mookie back? <laughs> now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> no, uh. I'm the one we'll end on this. The Cora news is interesting. And I yeah. saw a lot of people talk about, he was the GM for Puerto Rico in the world baseball classic. Now I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it, but don't you just say, Hey, Francisco Lindor, do you want to play in the world baseball classic? I goes, think that yes. the, I've always said that the director of like, it's, it's very similar to like the director of USA basketball. Yeah, he sends one text to LeBron, and he's like, "Can you get your friends to play?" That's yeah. what that is. Like, or are you in? I kind of need to know because then I need to move on to the next guy. As much as I love Mark DeRosa, and I really do like Mark DeRosa as a uh, MLB Network guy, I think he's great. Um, he he's not X and O's the Team USA World Baseball Classic team. No. He's Mookie Trout, Goldschmidt, Hernando. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's like, oh, should we go lefty, righty? No, because you can go Mookie Trout, Goldschmidt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, And it was, uh, but yeah, I, I think the core news, because a lot of what was talked about yesterday on State Run Nesson uh, was... Papelbon, Jim Rice, and Alex Spire talking about there is a need for on-the-field um, experience to be part of that front office, which it wasn't in High and Bloom. There was nobody who played before. So having Alex Cora, who not only played and managed as a talent evaluator, in the front office could be huge, um, but I just love him as a manager. I mean, right now he says maybe later down the road that's what he wants to do. Uh, I, I, I think right now they need an established front office guy, president of baseball operations or a GM who has won, not necessarily world series, but taken a team to the playoffs consistently, um, not afraid to spend. And, you know, if he can build at the same time, great. Can you just take like Andrew Friedman's right-hand man, whoever that is? I think is? that's that they're talking about that. That's the leading candidate. According to Rob Bradford right now is a guy named Brandon Gomes from LA. Well, yeah, or someone from the Astros. Yeah. Teams that are consistently there. Cool. Ooh, crazy idea. Go sniff around the Braves, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm kidding. Their player development <laughs> is very good. Their player <laughs> development, and then they're like, and we're going to sign them to deals that help 
us. Well, we lost Freddie Freeman. I know. Let's just get a 50 home run guy. Let's get a guy to set the team record for home runs from here. So he'll love playing here. Crazy yeah, idea. All right. That that's all I got. I mean, we didn't get to anything else, but Jack, I too much, too much news. I know. Too much news too to much get news. through. Look at the rundown next week. Cause I have an idea for, cause there's not going to be a lot of Red Sox talk. I don't think unless they hire someone, unless they hire David Ortiz. But... I, <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not like you said earlier. I hope it's not like the white Sox. Um, where they're just like, all right, well, we're going to fire the GM, but we're going to hire his exact clone as the assistant GM. Well, that's the, that's gonna the other thing we didn't mention. Brian well, O'Halloran was offered another job in baseball operations, so he's out as GM. So both yeah. those spots are open. You just got to do it before the winter meetings. Yeah, It should absolutely. be done be- kind of before Thanksgiving. It'll probably get done in the playoffs. Yeah. I imagine they'll, they'll be interviewing people well, as the then, season ends. No Dodger or Brave executive will be de- will be, or Astros executive. But it's just like, but you can take interviews in that time. Yeah, I guess you need permission though. That's the thing. Yeah. But well, yeah, at that point. So we'll be back next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a like a tiered, legitimate shot to win the World Series kind of situation. Okay. So we'll do that. Well, we're gonna probably talk a lot more major league stuff next week because this was all Red Sox today, but. Until then, Jack, um, in, enjoy football, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of tight races in Major League Baseball still. So, Yeah, I'm a Coach Prime guy. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that makes sense. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.